morning, everyone. <laughs> it's good to see Becky back with us. Um, I know many of us have been praying for Becky um, over the last few weeks, and I know many of us have been praying for Nay as well. And it's good to see Laura's update this morning um, that Nay is making progress. I think he's progressed from mash and gravy to sandwiches, which is a good sign. Although I, I personally don't like sandwiches, so I'd stick with the mash and gravy. But um, um, it just, over the last few weeks, has been a real demonstration of God's hand at work and his faithfulness to us as individuals, but also as a, a collective family of Christ. And I know that when one person hurts in the church, we all hurt. So it's really good that we can meet together and see the demonstration of God's power in, in people's lives in this church. So, um, yeah, it's great to see you, Beck. Um, so a few people in this church will know that I'm quite a big Gavin and Stacey fan. Um, I know there's a few of us in the room who are also a fan of Gavin and Stacey. And I did think that when Helen asked me to speak on Ice Cream Sunday, I could take inspiration from Father Chris's sandwich sermon for those who have watched Gavin and Stacey and ask all, you all how you've had your ice cream this morning and then talk about God as the cone, Jesus as the ice cream and the Holy Spirit as the sprinkles. But um, I'm not sure that would work. But if, if you don't know that reference, go and watch Gavin and Stacey. Um, but I had a message um, in my mind when I started preparing um, for this week and it was based on a series that I've been taking on a Tuesday night um, about the joy of our salvation and, and growing in the knowledge of God. But Friday night, I was reading God's word and I felt him just nudging me to completely talk about something else. And I don't know if anyone else has experienced that when you've taken a message at church, but you get close to Sunday and you've got your message, but God tells you, no, that's not what I want you to talk on. I've got something else that I need you to bring um, to church. So yesterday was spent frantically trying to pull this message together. So I hope it's coherent and I also hope it speaks to people this morning. Um, it might be a little shorter than normal, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, um, is it? Everyone can get home to their Sunday dinners. Um, but I'm going to just read some scripture from Exodus 35 and, and 36. And this scripture comes at a point um, in God's word where the people of Israel had been led out of Egypt God had spoken with his people to give them the Ten Commandments um, as part of that covenant that he'd made with them. And he'd also spoke to Moses about providing um, several other instructions around various topics, such as fair treatment of slaves, property, um, social responsibility and justice, and all the different annual festivals that must be celebrated. Then from chapter 25... God speaks to Moses offering plans um, for the building of the tabernacle. So this is also known as the tent of congregation. It's uh, this portable dwelling place of God that we can read about in Exodus. But there was also really extensive instructions about the Ark of the Covenant as well. And this was this sacred chest that held the stone tablets that had the Ten Commandments. And about both the tabernacle and the Ark, there's a number of chapters in Exodus that just talk about the very detailed instructions that God gave to Moses about how it needed to be built and what it needed to include. Um, and in chapter 28, you can read about even God's instructions for the clothing that the priests would need to wear and how they were to be dedicate, dedicated. And if you've read sort of from Exodus chapter 25, 3 to 30, you'll be very familiar with just how specific and detailed God is regarding all these instructions um, that he'd given to his people through Moses. So we're just going to pick up um, God's word in Exodus 35 and just starting from verse 10 and it'll be on the screen. Um, and it says, 
Come from 11, sorry, I did say 11 at the back, but I'll read verse 10. Sorry, tech team. Um, so from verse 10, it says, um, Come all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything that the Lord has commanded. And then it goes on to list all these things that needed to be built or created. So it talks about the tabernacle, its sacred tent, even its covering, its clasps, its frames, its crossbars, posts and bases. Um, talks about the ark and its carrying poles, the ark's cover, which is called the place of atonement, the inner curtain that shielded the ark, the table, the poles, the utensils, the bread of the presence, the, la the lampstand, its accessories, or the lamp cups, and even the olive oil um, for lighting, the incense altar, its carrying poles, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, the curtain to the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering, the bronze grating of the altar and its carrying poles and utensils, the wash basin and its stand, the curtains for the walls of the courtyard, their posts and their bases, the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the tent pegs of the tabernacle and the courtyard and their ropes, and then the beautifully stitched garments for the priests to wear while ministering in the holy place, the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons to wear as they minister as priests. So that's a very long list of things that God gave um, instructions about in terms of how to build and create all these things that were needed for the people at the time. And actually, when you consider that list, it's no reason that Moses needed to spend 40 days and 40 nights with God to even learn all those instructions from God. It was a really intensive period where God was just giving Moses all these instructions um, to the people. And then just continue to read on in Exodus 35 from verse 20 to 22, it says, So the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents. All those hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved, came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of its rituals and for the sacred garments. Both men and women came, all whose hearts were willing. And then God introduced introduces two people that are absolutely crucial in constructing and furnishing the tabernacle and creating the ark. And these are two people whose names you might not even know or be familiar with. It, I don't remember ever coming to a Sunday school lesson where Pam or Ruth or, or Tony spoke on these two people. So, they, But these were two people that were called by God to complete his works. And it says in verse 30 to, um, verse 30 to 35 of Exodus 35, then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, I'm hoping I'm getting these names right as well, um, Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. So he sounds like a really important person for the people of Israel at that time. And then verse, verse 34, it says, And the Lord has given both him and Aholiab, son of Ahissamach, um, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and designers. And I just think when you look at that list of things, of instructions that God gave to Moses, can you imagine how relieved the people must have felt? Imagine if 
you and your friends were on that list. Imagine if here at Bethel, God gave us those list of things that we need to build, build and furnish. And you think, gosh, who on earth is going to build those? Um, I mean, we've got a lot of good bakers here at Bethel. Um, so we might have been okay with the bread of presents um, that was needed. But have we got anyone who would be capable to make cherubim from hammered gold? Does anyone want to volunteer to that job? Uh, or any or people who could make special containers um, of pure gold for the table inside the tabernacle? Or how about this one? Anyone who can build and craft the lampstand of pure hammered gold that required six branches to go out from the centre stem and each of those six branches required three lamp cups that were shaped like almond blossoms complete with buds and petals. That's quite a specific piece of instruction there from God. Um, but I'm not sure any of us can say we've built our own lampstand that's sitting in our living room of hammered gold. Um, and if any of us have been gifted with the expertise to make something so detailed and intricate out of hammered gold. So it's quite an, a niche skill set that would have been required to build just that one thing that was on the list of things that God required for the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. Um, so I'm not sure if, if we were to attend as a church, we'd be able to meet the requirements that God set. And I can imagine people at the time when Moses said, we've got these two people, I can imagine they were extremely pleased that there were two people appointed by God to be the craftsmen and they possessed all the skills necessary to meet God's requirements. And not only that, they were able to teach people those crafts as well. I know I'd be very relieved um, if I was... Um, sort of one of the people of Israel um, and I was thinking back when I even reading the the scripture on the design of the clothes and the, the embroidery I did a degree in textiles and actually specialized in embroidery and I wouldn't have a clue where to start with God's instructions um, so yeah so Bezalel and Aholiab were gifted by God they were the skilled craftsmen who had the wisdom and the ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary of God and in Exodus 36, verse 2, it says, So Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and all the others who were specially gifted by God and were eager to get to work. And it's this verse that I was reading on Friday night that just jumped out to me. Um, and this is the verse that God was really nudging me. I need you to speak on this um, Sunday morning. And it's specially gifted and eager to work. So texting, that's the title um, for this message. Um, but I want to ask, is that you this morning? Specially gifted and eager to work. Specially and specifically gifted by God and eager and ready to do his work here at Bethel. And I'm just going to spend some time this morning really unpicking those two things. And I just want to start with specially and specifically gifted. And I want to ask, do you feel like that this morning? Is that something that you're aware of in your own life, that you are specially and specifically gifted by God? You know, God has given us, each, each of us, special and specific gifts that can be used for God's glory. Romans 12, verse 4 to 8 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 
And then 1 Peter 4 verse 10 to 11 says, God has given each of you a gift from this great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have a gift in speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All power and glory, glory to him forever and ever. Amen. So we're all part of this body of Christ and each part matters. There are no insignificant people in the family of God and you are shaped to serve God. The Bible clearly tells us that we are created in the image of God with specific purposes to share his love here on earth. We were all created uniquely with our own supply of talents and abilities that we were given to bring glory to him. And you know, our gifts and talents shouldn't be a mystery to us. We shouldn't go through life wondering, well, what on earth has God gifted me? They're often the things that you enjoy doing, the things you're good at, the things that make you feel accomplished and fulfilled. These are your God-given talents and abilities. And they won't all be what we might consider to be the ministry-leading talents. And, you know, a lot of us can just assume that being at the front in the band leading worship bringing the message is sort of a ministry leading talent and we can be guilty of just putting God's ministry in a box um but sharing his love stretches out far beyond that and I've just got some examples here so are you good at DIY I'm not um but there might be people who are very good at DIY get involved in fixing things that need fixing at church do you enjoy photography how about capturing moments of special church events and programs that we can share on social media? What about cooking and baking? And like I said, this is where I think we excel as a church in this area. But I've had to learn that this is not within my God-given skill set. Um, and Ruth's laughing already, but many people will be familiar with a few years ago at Bethel Bakes, I attempted to bake uh, and I didn't go for a Victoria sponge or a cherry bake. Well, I went for Rice Krispie cakes, okay? That, that is in my level of expertise. And I came to church the morning of Bethel Bakes with a box of Rice Krispie cakes, and I think we put them on the 50p table, and after two hours, none had gone. And then I think we reduced to 25p, and still none had gone. And then we got to a point where we were trying to offer them for free, and still no one wanted them. So that's, I learned the hard way that baking is not for me. Um, that's not in my expertise. Um, but you know, there are lots of people who can bake and can cook at this church. And I'm not just talking about Bethel Bakes, but your cooking can help families in need. It can help them with their meals. But how about supporting with the next Bethel Bakes, um, if that is within your God-given expertise? And then just some other things, childcare, caring for the elderly, a love for art, reading, social media, dancing or craft. These can all be shared with our church family. Some people are really good at cleaning. Again, I'm not one of those. That's not in my expertise. Um, but thank you to Helen, who cleans this church. She's not here today, but Helen cleans this church every week. What about being organised? Again, not something I'm good at. Um, but there are people in this room who used to organise church holidays. And that's quite a big task um, that just goes for granted when you just hand over your deposit, pay the money, and then get on the minibus to Barry Island. Um, but that takes a lot of organisation, and those organisers are a huge asset to this church, and the list can just go on and on, but there's some examples. So are you using what God's given you for the benefit of others to make this community a better place? 
right? Are you just using those talents to benefit yourself? You know, when God gives you a gift or a talent, he expects you to use it. God's desire for you is to use your special and specific gifts to serve him here in Bethel, but to also display God's love to those around you. Just going to return to that verse in Exodus 36. So it said um, in verse 2, So Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and all the others who were specially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. Eager and ready to get to work. They were keen to put their gifts into action and do God's work. And there's a similar story in Nehemiah that talks about the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Um, So Nehemiah was very concerned for Jerusalem at this time. The walls had been torn down. The city gates had been burnt. um, And Nehemiah prayed to God for the opportunity to return to rebuild the city where his ancestors were buried. So Nehemiah travels to Jerusalem. And in chapter two, we read about him actually going around and inspecting the walls, seeing what the damage was. And it's after that he says to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, um, the other officials and those who are in administration. And in verse 17 of um, Nehemiah 2, it says, You know very well what trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been destroyed by fire. So let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. And then that collective group of people in verse 18, their response is, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. That's verse 18. Their response was not, right, we know the state that Jerusalem's in. We know we need to rebuild the wall, but we just haven't got the time at the moment. So let's just put it off for a little bit longer. It also wasn't, I'm not quite sure we've got the expertise within this group to be able to help. Maybe let's just go and find some other people that are more suited. It wasn't any of those responses. It was a simple yes, let's rebuild the wall. And then they began God's work. And likewise in Exodus, Bezalel and Aholiab were eager to get to work. And it's also worth noting, actually, in in chapter 36 of Exodus, the the people of Israel, so once God had given them this list of all the things that needed to be built and all the things that needed to be furnished, the people of Israel then were regularly donating materials for this cause. Um, And in verse 5 of of chapter 36, the, the two craftsmen actually went back to Moses and they said the people have given more than enough materials to to complete this job that the Lord has commanded us to do and it also says in verse 7 that their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project and that's another thing that's really important to note that when you set out to do God's work that he has called you to do he provides he will equip you with everything you need to be able to serve him and we can see this with the provision at the manor house and I'm sure many of the people who work and volunteer at the manor house will tell you this God has provided since the church we set out to do that ministry for him he is faithful to provide when you set out to use your gifts in this church and in this community so they were eager to get to work eager to do God's work and again this is I say this every time I speak but God always challenges me as I'm preparing these messages so here's here's my challenge to to me as well but to everyone here how eager are you to serve God here at Bethel how eager are we to get in the kitchen after a Sunday morning and do all the washing up was anyone eager to do that after sausage and bacon sandwiches the other week um Thank you to those who did wash up and and were eager to do that work. Um, How eager are we to to attend the weekly prayer meetings? And again, I'm speaking to myself here. 
How eager are we to get to church early so we can greet people? And the list goes on. Um, but when I think about this topic in particular, I always think of Blast. Um, now, Blast was something that we did on a Thursday night um, before COVID with the kids from church. It was a bit like a, a youth club. Um, and, you know, sometimes after a long day at work, the last thing I wanted to do was come to church to, to support Blast. Um, happy to admit that. Um, and I say here, especially when you've got one boy who attended, who lived not too far from the church, um, who would constantly keep running back and forth from the church to home, back and forth, um, ferrying a hamster in his pocket um, and occasionally coming and locking the hamster in the toilet. We used to have that when we did Blast. And you'd think, oh, he's got the hamster again. Um, but how eager are we to, to work with kids at this church? How eager are we to do the kids' work? And this is something that's been really on my heart since we returned after COVID. And I, I do worry about the children and families that we've lost contact with. So how eager are we to start doing that children's work that was once a big part of what we were doing here at Bethel and in this community. But there might be other things that God has put on your heart about serving him here at Bethel. But how eager are you to start the work? Let's be eager servants of God, ready to do his work when he calls us to it. Let's be an eager church, seizing every opportunity to work in this community. You know, our talents are most certainly a gift from God. But the truth is, more important to God than our ability is our availability. And availability starts with a committed heart. So how available are you? Is there space in your life for you to use your gifts and talents to serve him here at Bethel? You know, being available is being willing to adjust our own schedule, our own agenda and plans to fit with the right desires of God and others. And it makes our personal priorities secondary to the needs of God and others. And I'd just encourage you to really reflect on this this morning. How available and eager are you to utilise your God-given, specific and special gifts here at Bethel? And, you know, if you're unsure of how to use your gifts here at church, speak to someone. There's a long list, I'm sure there is. Speak to someone. There's loads of things that you can do here at this church to serve him. At this point, I'll do a plug on behalf of the Manor House, um, but volunteers, um, I'm sure Ruth would love more volunteers at the Manor House, but if you've got time to be able to help that ministry that God's given to us as a church, speak to Ruth about that. But don't think that you're useless in God's eyes, because that's far from the truth. The Bible is so clear that God gives us all spiritual gifts and abilities and God wants us to discover our gifts and use them for his glory. So I'd really pray that you would know that you are specially and specifically gifted. But more importantly, I pray that you would be eager and ready to do God's work here at Bethel. And I really pray that we would be an eager church, um, just desperate to do his work and see a change in our community and a change in people's lives so I did say that'd be a bit short but like I said God changed the message Friday night um but I hope that's been useful I hope it's been challenging it's certainly um challenged me as I was preparing but I'd really encourage you to reflect on that know your gifts and make opportunity ask for opportunities to use them here at Bethel but be ready to do the work